Alright, Espionage, Episode 5. You're here with us today. There are a million other gaming podcasts you could be listening to, but for some reason, you're here. We appreciate the hell out of that. We don't do anything special. Thank you for choosing us. Um, episode 5. We... There's, there's like, I just got back from Europe for a month, and obviously, like, Tom and Hoseon, they're in the band Vatican, and they go on tour, like, every couple of weeks. It's a new tour for them. So, in between, like, all these crazy parts of our lives, we're trying to push these out much more often, but the reason we've been gone for so long is because I've been in Europe in a way, and it's just a nightmare trying to do this stuff while different people are on the road. So, sorry for the delay. This is episode five. Uh, got the guys, Tom, Hoseon, here with yo, me. What's it's me in my biggest, fattest form. We're all speaking in our English tongue this time because <laughs> it's not a um, Hoseon introducing everybody. It's me. I am a white male. Speaking of English, I just uh, I had to talk. I was on the phone with a guy that lives in. Uh, he's from Manchester and he lives in London. It was my okay. first time talking to him the other day. Uh, and it's been a long time since I've talked to, since I've like spent any extensive amount of time with anyone who's British, and I forgot how. Oh fuck! He, he'll they will people will be mad at me for like exposing him, but just like how deep the British accent can be, and how much it can just completely, completely destroy my ability to understand the language I've been speaking since I was one and a half years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where all did you go, Bert? Oh boy. Um, We started in London. Uh, A couple of good friends of ours took us around and showed us around there. Uh, We went up to Edinburgh, Scotland for a few days. This can be a really long story, so I'm just going to get on with it. Um, Over to Norway. After that, we spent five days in the Norway countryside. That was amazing. Uh, Over to Sweden. Down to Croatia. Fuck Croatia. That place sucks. Um, Up to Austria. Did a few hikes. Got caught in a blizzard. Down to Italy for a few days, did Milan, Venice, Florence, and Rome. Over to Malta, finished off in France, but not Paris. Fuck Paris. We went over to Normandy to see the beach landings and uh, all the battlefields and whatnot. That's, I, mean, I would have London. loved to be there in Normandy with you, no joke, honestly. One of the one of the highlights of the trip, absolutely. That's like so I've, I've wanted to do that for about two decades now, and... um. Obviously, ever since Brothers in Arms came out, so that was huge. huge I was, uh, I think we've talked about it on here before, maybe, but uh, I was forced by uh, my father to be obsessed with World War II when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, to yeah. Get, did I tell you guys about what he made me do to uh, be able to get a Game Boy Advance? I think we talked about this on the uh, podcast that got oh, fucked yeah. up. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, it was on that one. Uh, okay. Just to give everyone a quick, quick little aside. Um, yeah, my dad is, like, a super big history buff, and, like, when I was younger, if my dad realized that he and I had, like, somewhat of a common interest, he would kind of, he would, like, try to help me get involved with it or whatever, and then it would end up just becoming very punishing, and yeah, uh, it would kind of ruin it for me. But one of them was, I was into World War II, and uh, my dad knew that I was into, uh, like, World War II history, so we would watch Band of Brothers together. His yep. his dad fought in the Battle of the Bulge, he showed me all this stuff, oh, but fuck. I really wanted a Game Boy Advance really bad, and my dad had been trying to make me read uh, this like 500 page book about d-day and uh it's just like it's there's you know there's no plots very technical information about everything right. that happened with like the 501st and things like that or the 101 i can't remember what it is 502nd 101st Five, yes that's it um 
but he was like, you have to, I essentially had to write a book report about what happened. Um, and I got to basically where I still had about 20% of the book left. And I was like, eh, um, I just, I'm tired of this. I'm going to get a Game Boy. So I watched the John Wayne D-Day movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the last, if you read this book report, it's all very technical, cited information about D-Day. And then it's basically like John Wayne, get, like the end of it says, a man that looks like John Wayne gets in a tank and drives to the top of the hill and like waves his hat in the air. And Isn't that dad, movie called like The Longest Day? It is The Longest Day. The book yeah, is called The Longest Day too, but. um. Okay, okay. But, you know, it's very not factual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our, yeah. our dads were very similar then. And uh, like my dad would never have me read a book how 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 dare he um but like i like most of the fonder memories me and my dad share from we and a kid is just uh going up into his room while he's watching the history channel and watching either you know documentaries or torah 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 platoon apocalypse and all that shit the best movies in the world and that's that was his like he and i's i mean i just i think my appreciation for war and the American conquest over across the world uh, grew from him just shoving it down my throat, and it just mm. it, it, it's almost just nostalgia for me. And all but, our dads are the same absolutely. in that respect. My dad did the same thing. Watched Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down. We were soldiers, like all yeah. so young. You know, you're like a pussy is, unless you're yo, this son. Me and my dad are about <laughs> to go have like a mandate to go see that movie about Midway, the Battle of Midway. That's just called. Midway. It looks good. Yeah, <laughs> it looks a little too like. Instead of being like you know good historical fiction, it seems like very much on the Michael Bay end of Pearl Harbor, fiction. like yeah. Pearl Harbor. You know where they yeah. he because there was the Midway and then there was Pearl Harbor, and now we're just shooting ourselves in the foot again. Maybe there's that but, yeah, other but one now we about own like Japan. This, yeah, yeah. There's there's that other one about uh, uh, the World War One movie. It's like a like 1907 or something like that. What's it called? 19 Battlefield Five. Oh no, that new one's one. coming out. That's about a uh, two guys that have to like get behind uh like german trenches and <laughs> two everything. guys one trench two guys one tr- <laughs> i will participate <laughs> um but cool enough about yeah, war let's talk about that. some fucking games hosey what have we been doing we haven't talked in a month yeah we've wh- been here in a month what's happening what's happening in in your gaming world hosey are you still stuck on gears have you moved on have you sold I got your a- items so um since Bert's pretty much been gone, I've been like in helping my girlfriend move, and then also like transitioning into this place myself with her. And oh, I thought you like, were transitioning. Just no, no, just no. Um, so, mm. so I've just been like trying to find like that comfortable place to like game, but I I've just been so like backed up with everything, um, moving wise and. Um, I haven't had a chance to play, so I've been in that rut again. Like we were talking about the last uh, few podcast episodes, yeah. where we were just kind of stuck and like wondering, like, man, like, what's going on? So yesterday, I finally sat down and I got The Witcher on the Switch, and I I laid down in bed and I started just playing and playing. I played more this morning before I went to work, and I'm like, now I feel like I'm finally getting back to like my like usual routine again. This is The Witcher but, on the Switch, right? Correct, correct. So sick. Yeah. Give, so give me some first impressions. Uh. I can't compare. I like. I've only played handheld mode, but as far as that goes, I'm loving it so far. Because like, I've already played a lot of this game uh, on the computer like years ago, yeah. and um, so like, I uh, 
I'm already like did a lot of this beginning part, but it's for some reason playing on handheld mode. Like it's like refresh again. It doesn't feel like I'm just redoing something. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's the coolest part about playing all these uh, re-releases that come out on the Switch. Exactly. So like I did the same thing with Dark Souls. I just got the game, and then I I, I I've already played it. So but playing it again in this format, I was like more. It was like a different freshness that like I so it wasn't it didn't feel like I was just playing the same game over again in the same way so that's how this is and I'm like I already put in a couple hours on The Witcher just because like ah oh, I love this and I'm just chilling exploring the world in like you know cliche palm of my hand type shit so um, mm-hmm. but yeah I, I'm having a lot of fun with it and I did get farther in the gear story but that was like in the the whole process of the move and bringing. I was like, gonna this, ask you that if you got it beat or not. It, Have you it played? Took, did you play any multiplayer or anything? I did. I did play multiplayer. Like it took me a while to get the consoles here, so I've I've like gotcha. And um, so now we got the TV because like moving into Tate's new place, like she had a TV like in her room already mounted to a wall, super high up, like like at a fucking Walmart, like looking up, like hurting oh, your yeah. neck type shit. And <laughs> I hate gaming kiosks. I oh, hate yeah, you like, can't unless you're laying down in like a very awkward position. That doesn't it doesn't. Work. It doesn't work out. So, like, I, I finally figured out how to take it off of the mount because TV mounts are literally the worst invent, like, crappy, super annoying to take down. So I figured out how to do that, and I uh, put it close to me, my face, so I can actually see. So I started putting more story and uh, <laughs> time into the into gears. But I think I'm like Imagine you taking this 55-inch TV that was mounted nine feet away from the bed on the wall and just, like, pulling it on a swivel eight well, inches away from your nose well the, cra- the crazy thing about this is that um like i used to playing like a bigger like 50 inch tv in my room but this tv is like 32 inches and it's smaller and it's closer to me so i like playing on a smaller uh, screen like bert you do a lot of gaming on the on the pc monitor right yeah yeah like i like sitting i have like, uh 227s yeah yeah okay i i like i like that i like 25 27 that's like ideally like what i like to like well when i when i played like competitive halo and shit i mm. played on like a 19 inch like that was perfect for me you know yeah but uh the um in competitive shooters a smaller screen is a million percent better right uh, especially if you're on a small monitor yeah no i it was it was like i remember i bought an led tv for oh with my friend uh, off my friend and it was just really like cheap and shit but at the time it was like oh my god led not understanding it was just the mm-hmm. same fucking technology but like i and my skill in halo just dropped i had no idea what the fuck was going on i thought it was like my game i i thought i just lost it completely dude like i sucked cock um so after a while like i moved to another place and i didn't have space for that tv so i went and got my uh, like 19 inch back and I hooked that up, and dude, like, because I'd been playing on such low, like, refresh rate for so long, or response rate, oh, um, I started playing on this, like, little 19-inch now with a really fast response time, and I was just, like, 100 times better. It was like, it was like I was training in 100 times gravity for so long, and then now I was back doing this, and I, my, I got so much fucking better just from playing on, like, a normal TV after that. So, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, yeah. like, if, I, if I'm playing, like, I bought an Xbox One X strictly to play Far Cry 5 uh, because of, like, the HDR and shit. And that, that if, if it's something like that, if it's, like, a really, like, beautiful single-player experience, 
and it's so grand like that. Like I'll play it on my couch on my Xbox with my my 4K TV, but everything else is just I play I run on 1440 monitors uh, on my computer. Yeah, right. I think I'm about to move and uh, I'm gonna have like a game room in this new place that we're going. And I'm I'm think I'll have just enough space to have the big stupid chair with yep. like the 55 inch TV, and then uh, hopefully a desk that has like uh, you know a solid monitor for other i i have a really good i have a 1440 60 fps monitor or 60 hertz mm-hmm. monitor i'm selling that i could sell you to, for cheap if you wanted it yeah we will uh talk about that yeah. off cast later or we can haggle it right now <laughs> <laughs> which would probably be hilarious yeah what's your but price we, but we promised um to not make this a long episode so <laughs> yeah that won't work let's talk fucking cash um, <laughs> anyway we can uh yeah. we can move past it but um well, Bert, what have you been doing? So in Europe, dude, I brought my Switch, obviously, and uh, I actually bought uh, Link's Awakening in Leeds because it's obviously not um, the Switch isn't the re- region controlled or uh, region restricted. So I was happy as hell for that, but like, dude, like I was on a flight every couple of days. I was on a train every couple of days, hours upon hours. Like we were in hotel rooms and shit at night. And all this time in the fucking world, and we talked about this on the last podcast, I played that bitch three times. Mm-hmm. I beat three dungeons in Link's Awakening. I was up almost the entire 10-hour flight back, and I just, I can't fucking play games on the road. Like, I play more Switch at my house than I do um, on the road. I just can't do it. So, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played shit. It was like Gears um, before I left, and then nothing. So, obviously, I missed the Code Vein release. That's what I'm playing now. Um, I talked about that a little bit. Uh, I've only got about two hours or so in it and it's like, um, it, it's, it's very floaty. Like it doesn't have the response that other souls games have or any other, uh, action RPG has where when you attack something like it feels like, you know, that freaking claymore or whatever just impacted a bad guy. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. It's very floaty. I was obviously I think I talked about this in another one but Code Vein was a game that had a lot of red flags for me in the development process like I was looking at it and it just didn't seem it was kind of that no man's sky feeling I was like this doesn't look like what they're promising or this looks very underwhelming they haven't shown a lot of it you know it's it's got a it's got a lot of ambition but it doesn't look like they're trying to show it off it doesn't look like something they're proud of so um I was really worried about this one but then a lot of people are saying it's a really good game a lot of reviewers are like, you know what? Yeah, it's it's a solid experience. So uh, somebody messaged me. They were like, you know, and I told them that. They were like, yeah, a lot of people said that about Surge as well. And I can agree. I hated Surge with a passion. So um, we're going to see if it's actually a decent game or not so far. It's got a really badass character selection and stuff. Uh, I hate how everything in the world has to be like some crazy name it can't just be skills and stuff but uh other than that slow introduction that's kind of crammed in your face because i feel like a japanese rpg an introduction can be 10 hours or it's a final fantasy 13 it can be fucking 40 hours um but this game like people want to get into the action so it was literally like an hour and they're shoving all this lure and shit down your throat to put you into this world and the pacing's kind of weird so far so, but I'm, I'm, I'm only in the beginning, so we're going to see. Cool, man. Yeah, I, I personally, like the last time I 
got a glimpse at the code vein. I was watching like this like two hour gameplay thing, and oh. it there are things about certain games that like kind of like turn me off. And one of those things was like I saw the combat, and I was like, this just looks like MMO e like yeah. It, it it doesn't feel like like when you're playing Dark Souls and whatever weapon you're using, it feels like there's like that weight behind it and there's that like feeling behind it. Monster Hunter does the same type of type of shit. So um, I've never played the Surge, so I don't know how that that whole thing works out. But uh, it's fucking yeah, awful. The, it's the most the clunky co- game you could imagine. And you've played Code Vein more now, so like you can tell me if I'm wrong here. But the, it just looked like like some like. MMO type thing where every weapon, every character like used it the same way. Just like all the animations were all the same. It, it just didn't feel like. It just looked very much like some like WoW type shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have a hard time putting it into words, especially because I haven't played it a lot right now. But that is a very good way to put it. Is it does feel like that like light. I'm attacking air, and there happens to be a hitbox there. MMO feeling, and um, they. It, it like a lot of I think I saw well, I watched Jim Sterling's review on this and mm-hmm. he said he was like it's hard, there, the the depth perception is all off on the game because in Souls like you know when you're within range or not on other games you know when you're within range Devil May Cry you know when you're within range this game like you'll swing a, like a heavy axe or something and on that second swing when you just like connect it easily with this bad guy like he's all of a sudden five feet out of the way but it doesn't look like it it's weird so now you have the inconvenience of attacking somebody with a heavy weapon and then you have to run up to them in between their stagger and stuff and it's um it has i mean it, it, it hasn't like it hasn't pissed me off or like underwhelmed me yet and i'm still in the beginning but Two hours in, there's still plenty yeah. of time to make you yeah, hate absolutely. yourself. Okay, you're you're two <laughs> exactly. you're two hours in, you're a couple hours in. Let me ask you this, because this is I was talking to my friend about this. A couple An hour ago. and a half of that was character creation. Okay, okay. Bro, so, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was. It was. <laughs> it, yeah. If you can Bro, answer shoot this you, game with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> if you can answer this, let me know. So um, he was telling me, oh, he's been playing it. Uh, he asked me if I tried it yet. I said no, I haven't got it yet. I asked him his thoughts, and he was like, dude, it's phenomenal. Um, he said basically it's Dark Souls with God Eater graphics, and the combat is a lot better than Dark Souls. What do you think? Is this a friend of yours? It is. Then I don't want to say what I think. Shoot the friend with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I. Here's the thing, dude. Is like when people spend money on something, or when people go see a movie and there's that fresh excitement. They have a tendency of being like, this is... Like, I, I've done it a lot this year. There's a lot of movies I've gone and seen, like, this year, which is probably sad, like, because, you know, whatever. I, I, I just see, like, big fucking movies that are out there and probably shit pieces of film in general. But when I... Bro, I loved Hobbs versus Shaw. You're in good company. <laughs> You're fine. So, yeah, dude, dude. Fucking um, scary stories tell in the dark. Dude, I, I, didn't, I cried. I that cried. Was, that was shit. <laughs> So, no, um, when people spend money and have these fresh experiences, they want to immediately come out and be like, it's the best thing I've ever experienced. You know, it's amazing because they have this 
overwhelming and like emotion about it and excitement about it at that time that honeymoon phase type shit you know yeah like and my friend used to do this shit he would like when we got kirby air ride he'd be like they played it for five minutes he was like it was the best fucking game in the world and it is the best fucking game in the world but um (laughs) but then like two hours later after getting fucking smashed at one of the mini games he's like throwing the game and shit like pissed off and ripping it out of the gamecube so he's like fuck this game if he still has his copy he can sell it to me i'll play it that's fine yeah that's that's an expensive game now um it is but that's what i'm saying dude is there is no humanly way possible you can sit down and have a conversation with someone and try to say that the fucking combat in this game is better than Dark Souls. On any spectrum. I mean, if I'll play it tonight and I'll play it whatever, and if it changes, it, I can't imagine how it could change to be better than a formula that everybody's trying to fucking copy. And yeah, Bandai has had its hand on the Soul series for a while. It's not like there's anything new to it. Fuck, they were there in the beginning, but... Oh, dude, I. Uh, that's, this is why. Rough. This is why I'm always weary to try a game that is heavily influenced uh, gameplay-wise by the Souls franchise. Because I'm always like, they're just not gonna get that pinpoint. If you fuck up, is your fault mechanic in right? And 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 every game I've played for the most part, like uh, like Neo, and it sounds like the Surge does this, but it's fucking. It's 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 always like I don't know about that one, man. Like. I don't know about that. So Neo, I've heard from a lot of people. Neo hit it. closest. No, yeah, Neo did. Neo, I enjoyed Neo for for what they were doing, but it didn't yeah. like. It, it wasn't enough to like keep me keep me there and make me stick around. Right. I've heard from a lot of people though that Surge One didn't really do it, but that the sequel like really like kind of like nailed the combat though. I did I watch review. I did watch. I, I watched reviews on that, and it, a lot of people are saying it's like a true. Like def like for like definition of what a sequel should be. That's what cool. Neo two? Yeah, uh, no, uh, Surge two. Oh god. So I don't know. I haven't played the Surge one, but I'm just I'm just going off of like what I'm seeing people saying, and a lot of the people have said like, oh, the Surge one is like super rough around the edges, and this game does it better. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well cool. fuck it. Well, I guess I'll go into uh, a little bit of what I've been playing. I think. Shockingly enough, I've actually had time to game the most out of all of us here. Um, so what have I been doing? Uh, oh, I, I didn't even talk to you guys about this beforehand. Untitled Goose Game. I've, yeah, Donkey's vid was quite quite amazing. Okay, so for those out there who don't know, Untitled Goose Game, you're a goose and you just ruin everyone's day. Like, if they're trying to plant... Like, if they're trying to plant uh, pumpkins, you steal all the seeds, you throw them in the lake. You steal their food, you hide in a box, you make a lady carry you inside of this restaurant, you burst out of the box, and you pull a chair out from an old man's ass right before he's about to sit down. Rake you just, in the lake. You just, you rake in the lake, straight up. <laughs> and it's, I played it with uh, my friend Austin uh-huh. over the course of, like, two days. It, there's only, like, three and a half hours of game, and I don't know if it's worth $20. I bought it for 15 it's but 20? Okay. It's 20 bucks, which is, like, the, Summer main, sale. the main story you can get through in, like, three and a half hours. And then there's some, like, bonus stuff you can get that can probably give you two more hours. But uh-huh. if you have time to, like, count, like, there's no co-op, but if you have time to just pass the controller back and forth with a friend for a couple of days, I think it's the perfect stupid game for that. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking funny, honestly. Um, but 
that game's sick. Um, recently, I've been bouncing back and forth between having lots of time to sit and play games and only having like 20 minutes to play games. So there's a, some pretty good sales going on on the Switch right now, and there's this game called Super One More Jump, which is basically uh, kind of like the way that Meat, Super Meat Boy Forever is going to work, where once you... It's a platformer, but once you hit uh, a button, it, you just automatically start running, and the only thing you can do is control when you jump. And okay. so you're this block, and it like it bounces you through all the levels. The gravity changes in all these weird ways. You jump from platform to platform to platform, but it's like a dollar right now. So, Hosey and I was going to tell you this. If you are ever looking for something where you're just like, I just need to game for, like, I only have, like, 20 minutes tonight, but I just need to game to, like, get through my day or whatever... I think that's, like, the Switch is perfect for that, but I think a game like that is perfect for just, like, okay, I only got a minute to just crank some shit out. Let's do this. Um, And and that's sometimes you need that, like, spike of, like, just, like, get in and get out type shit. Oh, yeah, and stuff like this, like, there's actually a few games on the Switch that are like this now where basically they kind of work the same way that mobile games do where, you know, like, um, it's very, very segmented. So, like, you know, the levels are very brief and short. Um either like they're super short to complete or like even if you die you die very quickly so you can start over again really fast the refresh rate's really good i think i like that, that about meat boy I'll yeah say that. oh yeah meat yeah Boy's and it, it works very similar it, it really does remind it also the with how hard it gets towards like the midpoint definitely reminds me of meat boy mm-hmm. um so i've been playing that i just finally started Link's awakening i bought it day one uh and haven't gotten to play it yet because I was finishing something else, but I finally started today. And what's crazy is I've been playing it for a day, and I've gotten just as far as Bert has in a month. Mm-hmm. Which, wow. <laughs> yeah, but it's fucking awesome. It is. They 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 smashed it. They did like, a fucking fantastic job, dude. The fucking art style, the stupid cartoony shit, where like, and even like how like the sides of the rectangle of the screen are blurred, so it gives you that tilt shift look, so everything mm-hmm. looks like miniature toys. Yep. It says, like, I forgot how much non-Zelda stuff is in it. Like, you can... There's 2D platforming. The Mario uh, stuff and Yeah, there's all the... You jump on Goombas, like, 10 minutes in. You have to fucking carry around a chain... You literally take a chain chomp on a walk. Like, after you rescue it from a dungeon and it eats all this shit for you. Um, So I'm loving that right now. I think I'm really going to try to spend the next week just grinding through that. But the main thing I've been doing is I started really putting time down on Astral Chain. And this game is is definitely fucking like a 9 out of 10. Great, great item. Anyone that loves, like, shit like uh, Evangelion or, um, fuck. I just had, like, a bunch of, like, another show I wanted to pitch. But, like, dude, if you're, like, a Toonami kid, though, basically. Like, if you're a Toonami kid, this is, like, the game that has the themes for you. Um... But also, the combat is just incredible because there's lots of, like... It's almost like a light kind of Souls game for me where the combat's very, very fast, but you're... There's all these, like... It's very focused on, like, you can go on these random side tangents to find these big, insane bosses that, you know, mm-hmm. take a lot out of you and everything. But you're the fact that you're controlling your character and at, at the exact same time, you have to use the other stick to control this completely separate... Uh, entity that's attached to you with this with this big chain and everything you control its movement you have to like really sync up what you're doing with both of them mm-hmm. it works a lot better than I think people think it will but I really really loved the game until I got probably like 80% of the way through and it started to get like 
a lot harder than I think it should have. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the end boss, so I'm not. I don't want to spoil anything, but you get when you're playing the game, you start with one. Uh, they call them chimeras. They're the things that are attached to your chain. You mm-hmm. start with one, and over the course of the game, you get more and more and more and more. Um, with the last boss, there's there's no other bosses or enemies in the game that require you to, require you to use every single one of your chimeras. Mm-hmm. The last boss, I spent like hours trying to grind it because I was like, oh, I can just beat it the same way I beat every other boss. And I was losing my mind, screaming in my apartment because it wasn't working. And I was like, oh, I guess you have to use every one of the chimeras. That makes sense. Like, you know, it's the last boss. You use all every little thing that you've learned throughout the whole game. And then that wasn't that wasn't it. And then I found out the pretty much the only way to beat him is just to cheese him with one of the chimeras that you get like halfway through the game. And I couldn't understand that because why would you like it got so insanely fucking hard. And like I appreciated the fact that you could cheese it and like just to get yourself through it, but it almost felt like a bit of a letdown to me, honestly. Because I really thought, like, oh, I have to use everything that I've learned, um, and there's still, like, an easy way out. And I don't, like, I don't know if you guys have ever had a game like that that's, like, like, I thought the letdown for me was going to be that it was so hard. And then the letdown ended up being that, oh, it's actually fake hard. It's just really, like, it's actually really, really easy if you just find this one stupid, like, weird... It's like you have to cheese it, or... Yeah, there's, I felt like there was no other option. And that was a big bummer to me, but, like, I think I actually, maybe I prefer that over games that just have, like, really, really harsh difficulty spikes, which is kind of one of the main things that we wanted to talk about was, um, I am not a dude that can, like, this is why, like, I don't fucking play, like, the Souls games, because I'm not the dude that's like, yeah, I'm gonna spend four hours a day for the next seven days figuring out how to deal with this boss. So I love my nice, fun, cool, casual games. And then when one of them suddenly tries to go Souls mode on me, yeah, I will never, ever, ever complete that game, ever go back to it. I thought that I was just going to YouTube the end of Astral Chain to figure out how the story ends and be like, okay, well, saw that. Because the diff- it got so hard at the end that I was just like, it doesn't matter how much I enjoyed this. I'm over it. Yeah, it's like some games have this just out-of-nowhere comic comedic spike for no fucking reason mm-hmm. and i talked about the i we i really need to stop saying i talked about this but mm-hmm. um jurassic park on the sega genesis yeah the last boss when you're playing as alan grant not the raptors is a t-rex and my little like i did some wild shit in video games when i was like four or five years old you know like mm-hmm. There was some crazy shit I got through and some hidden secrets in, like, Zelda games and Mario and stuff that you shouldn't be able to just figure out as a kid. Right. But I could never figure out how to fucking kill that T-Rex. And I, I think I looked it up, and it was like you had to shoot some kind of scaffolding or whatever at the top. I don't even fucking know. But, you know, it was it was like, why all of a sudden in this side-scrolling Jurassic Park game that I've basically been running and gunning through the entire time, why is there all of a sudden a uh, puzzle boss, you know? That, that, that's like a, that, it's like a difficulty spike, but it's also just like a bad way to introduce something. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. a, that's the thing is a lot of these games... It's not necessarily that it's so hard. It's that like okay, so I have you guys ever watched um, that Ego Raptor series Sequelitis on YouTube? I no. have, yeah. Okay, so he 
It's Bert. Did you say you haven't seen it? I have not. Okay, basically, it's just he does these like animation things, but um, it's him talking about these different sequels to different series and why some these like some sequels worked really well, and why others didn't work well despite them having praise or whatever. But he did uh, the one about Castlevania too. Um, and a big issue that he had with that game is it has a very big lack of conveyance. Yeah. Um, where it's just like the where the it's the game teaching you how to play the game. It yeah. just introduces stuff without explaining it. I think that's... I love that. See, like, I can love that, but, like, I feel like introducing that... Like, in that Jurassic Park game is a perfect example. Like, ideally, when you get to the end of the game, you should be... When you hit that last boss, you shouldn't be having to pick up new skills then. You should Guessing be, mechanics. Yeah, you should stuff, be taking... Yeah. Like, it should just be the hardest test of everything that you've worked on that's, up to that. Exactly. Like, so... And... In all those old 8-bit, 16-bit games, there's there's never like what you have now where you've got you know your weird partner AI character whose only purpose is to say, Bill, you need to shoot the ceiling so that the thing will fall and we can all have a happy ever after. You know, <laughs> Booker, they just want catch! You to, yeah, and they just want you to figure it out. And I don't understand how anyone can playtest these games and hit something like that and say, like, you know what, I think we've struck oil here. Let's yeah. fucking print this that, bad boy. That, that... That happens in uh, Metal Gear Solid Five too. The ran- there's like random difficulty spikes that happen literally out of nowhere. I so I was thinking about this the other day, and there is my boss. He just beat the game because uh, he hadn't played it, um, and it was like the only one he hadn't played yet. And it got us talking about it again. And he was telling me he was like, "Yeah, I was just doing this mission, this, and and it was delivering." This guy rescuing him, putting him in the helicopter to take him back. And then the next story mission was defend an onslaught of fucking tanks for like 20 minutes. And we talked about... That was a rough fucking mission. It it was... Dude, that... Tank horde mode. Basically, like... And and it's funny because when he told me how he ended up beating it, I told him, dude, I did the exact same shit. I, I had to like hide somewhere and just airdrop, air, air, airstrikes, airstrikes, airstrikes. And... We talked about how like the pacing of the game was so off because there was some shit like that. Like it's like, oh, go get the tape, and the next thing is like, hide from the skulls, <laughs> and like, and and if you make a sound, they'll come out and they'll just fuck you up. So actually, I, I, and yeah. I, I actually he was explaining to me that in like a lot of Japanese video games, uh, the way that that structure is set up is like almost like kind of a common thing over there like they they enjoy that like and here's a challenge out of nowhere type shit and i was like oh well in my opinion it just felt uneven the whole time uh and and that game did that a lot and and i I think it's because they were trying to like make some missions in the story feel like the, the point of the mission was to progress the story and some other story missions were padded by My bad, I fucking threw up in my mouth. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. Uh, some other... My bad about that. <laughs> wow, my throat burned so bad. <coughs> that is crazy. Bro, what if you die right now? That was funny. We, because That's funny because you say that. Cause I, was, I was literally thinking, because I just started having a little fucking heartburn, and I was like, what if I had a heart attack right now? Like, I call for Danielle, but the guys are also hearing me die. And I was the only survivor. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I what, reign supreme. <laughs> where do you want me to pick up from? This is the Tom show. Just go, dude. Fuck okay. It. Cool. So, yeah. Um, there's some missions that felt like, oh, this is the mission that's going to progress you to the story for the next, like, story moment. And then there's some story missions that are just like, here's uh, something you have to do to make the game feel longer. Uh, that's how I feel about some of the campaign levels. And the, some of those some of those missions are just, like, ridiculously hard just to make it be like, oh, yeah, challenge time. Are we still I, on I Phantom Pain? Pain? Yeah. Like, okay. I don't mind stuff like that, but, like, like I think one a game that did similar stuff like that for me was Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh huh. Like the campaign is all very like it gets progressively harder and harder and harder, um, and everything. But it never felt like and it never felt padded. But if I did want those like really challenging things, there was all these side missions I could do and all this other like I could go find the difficulty somewhere if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and I love that in games, but I don't understand why. You would have, like, story like required story missions that act in that same way. Where it's like, if you're this story based game, why not have everything? Why not build in? Like, I'm not a game designer, but why are you not building in this gradual difficulty and these spikes into progressing the story? Everything's supposed to work together, right? Like, why not just make this? Especially in a story based game like Metal Gear, why are you not just making it this coherent thing and just giving us the option to use these mechanics that you've built in these insanely hard situations mm-hmm. so when we like introduced this topic um i thought it was going to be something totally different so i was thinking about um what came to mind for me with wild ass difficulty spikes was final fantasy 10 and uh most of the final fantasies are fairly fairly easy games once you learn kind of turn-based combat and whatnot and obviously they have their optional bosses that are just fucking ridiculous like their ozmas and their fucking you know ruby weapons and stuff that are supposed to be challenging and it's a side thing so it's there if you want it if you want to grind the hours and figure out the strats to beat these things it's there but it's not part of the story so it's not really a spike but final fantasy 10 like the fucking seymour battles we're always just a oh my brutal, God. brutal fucking experience. I know a and girl that literally spent three months on the, on the one of Jesus Christ. Three entire months. Wow. I, and I thought in Dark Souls 1, me spending three days on Sif was a big deal. Because all my friends I talked to about that, they're like, dude, I honestly beat it in one of the first tries. Because it is a fairly simple boss. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me at the time, but... Three fucking days of, like, gaming, like, eight hours a day just grinding to try to fucking kill that goddamn thing. But, um, also Final Fantasy X, I remember, I want to say it was, like, Zombie Unaleska or Lady Unaleska or something like that. That was a really hard fucking fight. Shining Force 3, uh, it's funny that I bring that up because it was a character in that game that was very, very similar to Seymour. Um, I want to say his name was, I forget his name. It might've actually been Seymour, but he had an attack called like Wendigo where he literally just killed fucking everybody in the goddamn attack. And you had to like this one mission, you had to fight up a tower with all these flying fucking wyverns or wyverns or whatever the fuck coming after you. And you're, you're basically like dead, like actually fucking dead by the time you got up to him. And then he just going to fuck you in the ass. So um those that's what i was thinking about like 
these games with sort of difficult times and shit like that, then they have a fight that comes along that it just puts it in you. And I would, I would fall, I would like put that in uh, the Metal Gear Solid Five uh, bucket as well because like Metal Gear Solid Five and most Metal Gear Solid games are as difficult. You know, not taking into account difficulty sliders, but they're as difficult as you want them to be. You can snipe and run and gun and not worry about stealth and all that shit. Or you can do the stealthy mission or the stealthy side of things. Get every side objective. Do every mission perfectly. And it's the execution. It can be difficult or it cannot be. The mission he was talking about, though... It, it, that thing was a fucking nightmare. And there were the, like there the, were like there were like two or three of those types of missions. The game sp- yeah. sprinkled in in random parts. Yeah. Man, remember that the, specific it, mission? Yeah. was awful because you couldn't just focus on the tanks coming in because there was little guys that would sneak in that would just spawn the fuck into the building and uh, come behind you and shit. That was the worst fucking part. There was there was the other one where you had to like get to the mansion and but you had to be. You had to watch out for the skull snipers, and it was that was kind of a similar God. vibe. And the skulls, most of the skulls missions and, were pretty and, fucking hard. And like, like I said, like <clears throat> there's a difference between like there's like I'll take example like a uh, Devil May Cry uh, on the PS2 or the old ones. Yeah. Um, since the beginning, where that game puts you in the beginning of the game, it's it's kind of hinting that this game gets difficult. There's always yeah. something. Later on in that mission, that is like you gotta kill this guy. He gets he's a little harder, and they keep and they gradually condition you to be ready for when the boss or something happens. You're like ah yeah, this is a hard game because I kind of had trouble already to begin with. Metal Gear Solid Five, literally not like that. Uh, to me, it's like you're doing things how you said your own way, and then there's these missions where that isn't even an option it's like you have to you have to like just defend the waves it's no longer a mission of like how you play how your play style is it's just like ah here it is tanks deal with it but that that could be i mean that that could be seen as a way of adding you know variety of gameplay because somebody that hasn't played you know run and gun and shit like that and let shit hit the fan somebody that's done everything perfect well now they're taken out of their comfort zone and now the game's different see and I, you have to adapt to this i i i i back that i just think the way that <clears throat> that it's sprinkled in there it, it just it literally just like goes from i'm gonna go get the tape and extract the guy and then the next mission is like big tank defend uh or and die but is that not good to have that variety though because without that like it's it's mono it's monotone it's the it's monotonous it's the same mission which for the most part metal gear solid 5 was the same mission yeah. for the longest time it, it was a lot of different yeah a lot, a lot of the metal same. gear solid 5 was pro- the least like narrative slash story driven of all the metal gear solids um so i i it, uh, all i can say is i i personally wasn't into it like if that's something that somebody enjoyed then then maybe that's a you know that was in there for a purpose. When I yeah. experienced that, I was like, ah oh, man, like I just I wasn't about it, you know. And I'm and I'm different. I, I I'm I'm a little different in the fact that like there's a group of people that and anybody that did beat Jordan on fucking expert on Guitar Hero is with me here. There is I'm with you. literally like y- you like a challenge. 
you see something that not a lot of other people do or want to do, and you're like, no, I will do that. I will put in the fucking hours and learn this and get good at this to the point where I can complete this obstacle that a lot of people just wanted to walk away from or cheese, you know? Mm-hmm. If people, you know, it's like in uh, Halo Legendary, there's a lot of ports in that where you can just go hide in a corner for like 20 minutes and then all the enemies disappear <clears throat> and you can go into the next spot. Right. There's there's a there's almost there's like a self appreciation when you can complete these challenges I, and a lot of people that's what games are for I, I forget what game it was but one of the games i played recently was that like over and over and over again it was just hardcore fucking challenge after challenge after challenge and at the end of it at the end of every single um it didn't get boring it might have been gears on uh insane i think it was that like after every awful fucking firefight there's some really, really hard fucking parts in that on insane mode. And whether I was solo or whether I was on co-op, at the end of all those, I was like, that was fucking sick. No matter how much I was frustrated, no matter how many times I had to restart and all this stuff, like, that was fucking tight. I, I, I li- I'm definitely with you. Like, even the, even, personally, I didn't enjoy these parts, but the execution to me was better than how it was on uh, Metal Gear Solid 5. Even on, on Gears 4... I hated those moments in the story where it was like horde mode time, but that was that was different. Yeah, that was, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's different because it it, it was kind of like leading up to that, and they and it, it it just felt more natural. Even though I wasn't a fan of those segments from that, going, that's the whole thing. I can respect like the idea of like like you said there it a game either leads up to this big challenge or it, it gives you the chance like you're the hardcore player we and you love the mechanics of this game so let's let you really test your skill with these mechanics in the hardest situation possible that that i vibe with a, a, a per, to, if, not to interrupt you but a perfect example would be like the arkham games when it's like now you have to fight this onslaught of dudes and like each yeah, time you do I it mean, it gets harder and the guys have shields blah 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 and then on top of that if you want to really just test your skills in that department there's a whole mode for that yeah stuff like that especially in like super narrative driven games then I think it has to work that way. But, like, I think um, it, like, Bert, you were talking about, like, like even with, like, with these JRPGs and everything like that, um, you know, I understand the idea of, like, it's this big world-ending boss, which is how yeah. it goes. So, like, obviously it's going to be the hardest thing in the world. But I can't tell you how many uh, JRPGs that I've played where I felt like, either at the end or somewhere in the midpoint, I just hit this wall where I just like, oh, I just really feel like they didn't do this right. I really yeah. felt like that uh, they made it too hard, too intimidating. Legend of Ligaya is like that. There's a boss in Tales of the Abyss that I felt this was that way. Are these specifically last bosses or just bosses? No, these anywhere? are like midpoint bosses. In Tales okay. of the Abyss, one of them is a boss that you can just randomly find in a random, I think it's called Sword Dancer 1. You randomly find it in this completely random dungeon in the middle of a desert area of the game and you only have one chance to fight it and if yeah. you lose the fight oh god you can never go back again and beat this boss ever and so i didn't know that it is save went in, file dependent my, or uh i don't know if it's say i'm if it's save file dependent i it it's been like four years since i've played it yeah. but i remember looking up and people saying yeah it's one one shot you never get to go back in and the thing is i didn't know that so i went yeah fought I went, oh, clearly this is something that I can't beat. I'll just go 
do other shit, and I'll come back to this later. So yeah. I played like three more hours of the game, and then randomly that night after I had saved and shut it off, I went. And I was like, "What's up with that thing?" I read about it. I was like, "Oh, one chance." Like the game doesn't tell you you have one chance; it just happens. And yep. if you fuck it up, then you go back. That place is empty. And that's what like from software fucks people on is that like the game auto saves with like every single button input. So every time you make an action and you want to unfuck that by quitting out. Um, there's a few ways, like if you fall off a cliff or something like that, you have time to quit out, but most things you'll quit out and the deed is still done. I did appreciate in Morrowind how anytime you did something that would affect the game to where you couldn't go back and do anything or unfuck something, a big-ass message comes up and forces you to confirm that you understand that what you just did or who you just killed just changed the game world and the um, main storyline paths, like, huge. It's like, are and, you going uh, to be, are you taking accountability for this shit yeah. right now? And yeah. that is, that freedom is so much better than just, like, knocking them unconscious and then waking back up um, in, like, Oblivion and then Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciated so much more be having the freedom to do whatever you wanted in Morrowind. Right. So, I'm gonna, uh, I, I, I'll say I disagree on, like, a few things as far as the difficulty thing, because, um, Metal Gear Solid specifically, I think it's really cool how they channel you with these certain missions, no matter how spontaneous they are. Mm-hmm. Two, because like we were talking about, there's people sneaking up on you in these buildings, in these areas, and they, even if they're spawning behind you, even if it's unfair how they're sneaking up upon you while like these tanks and shit are coming at you, mm-hmm. it forces you to use all these other tools players might not have utilized and stuff, like claymores, right. like certain trip grenades and stuff like that, like certain tactics or camouflage mm-hmm. or anything else. It forces them to use more close range weaponry yeah. and all this stuff. And, and in the open, I, I go well, ahead. Yeah, my bad. I'll let you finish. Well, I, I appreciate the hell out of them breaking that cycle because it reminds me of, and not only this, but like we're going to get to the the thing that y'all said where the final boss should be the culmination of all the skills and everything you know you learned throughout the game as well. But like I remember Colin and I, my buddy Colin and I were having a conversation about uh the love is love album from code orange and it was like like i i love that album so goddamn much because if some i i really like listening to music where i don't know what's coming next because all music and everything is so goddamn monotonous nowadays that like if i know what to expect and this is movies video games anything if i know what's around that corner and if i know where the scare is and if i know what the fucking ending is or the the twist or anything i'm a little upset that you weren't smarter than doing the same thing everybody else does mm-hmm. and uh so like my buddy colin was talking about how he didn't like that some of the songs on that album just straight ended like no cue no nothing no nothing they just just weirdly ended like out oh, of nowhere shit like that i love it exactly i love it because i'm like I think it's amazing that it's different. I think it's amazing that it kind of breaks that cycle. And his thing was, he was like, I mean, I think I think songs should have a structure. I think songs should have a beginning and end, this and that. And that's, that's fine, you know, that's obviously. But it's kind of like saying, like, I think, you know, a final boss should be the culmination of everything you've learned in the game and shit like that. And while... While I agree to an extent that you shouldn't be guessing at some weird mechanic at the end of the game that was nowhere to be found or whatever, um, I know, for instance, like, I hate using Dark Souls because it is a really difficult and kind of different game series, but a lot of their last bosses are, like, some of the easiest bosses in the game and shit. And in a way, like, their storylines and their everything, like, if it's... 
if they are a very insignificant character, then I feel like they should be dispatched. It's kind of like metaphorical if they're dispatched just as insignificantly as their story are. Kind of like Joffrey in uh, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Like, he was such a fucking pissant. And he died like a fucking pissant, you know, after drinking some fucking poison. The and then finally we're rid down. of you. What's that? The same way I'll go down. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently, you know, sipping on it right now. So Respect. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 I appreciate things in video games that are just thrown at you, that are just, like, make you do things differently and make you get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I can totally see somebody like Tom who just wants to relax and play a casual game and shit like Super Mario Odyssey, if out of nowhere. Yeah, perfect fucking example, dude. Okay, so Star Fox Adventures. Easy Duh, as we have to fuck talk about game. Star Fox Adventures is not a perfect <laughs> example. <laughs> no, no, it's an easy fucking game. And out of nowhere, that dude. button mashing. <laughs> out of fucking nowhere. You've got you've to gotta fight this fucking little dinosaur fuck. And the way you fight him is you'll have basically a tug of war on this push I log hate, thingy. I fucking hate that part, dude. And look, I have first never, mistake was playing this game past the first smash a minutes. fucking button so fucking hard. Well, it was like Dinosaur Planet or whatever. Yeah. And then Nintendo was like, what was John Tron? John Tron was like, hey, Nintendo approached him and was like, hey, hey, we, we, we see you guys got a fox. We got a fox. Okay. You got a fox. We got a fox. <laughs> Boom, gang. <laughs> so that shit was that's a difficulty spike that should well, be like, who the say, fuck got past that at a young age that's a difficulty spec but i would also say that's that's, whole, that's bad design which those go like 100 yo it's like yeah. i thought when i thought the fucking metal Gear solid one torture scene was hard as a kid that star fox adventure shit was like your your game sucks we're about but to the, but was <laughs> but was that torture scene could you lose and still progress in the game mm-hmm See, yeah. you could not get past yeah. any... No, I You know. couldn't get out of that fucking cutscene. No. You couldn't get out and run around or anything. No. You it was, had to fucking do that. Dude, it was pain because, like, those type of situations... <laughs> those type of situations, as, a, like, a younger brother, my brother would be there and be like, give me this shit, man, and he'll just, like, yeah. do it. But he joined the military and left, and I had that boss by myself. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, I didn't... I. He was always here for those moments, and he's gone. And I could not fucking stand that part, dude. Yeah, that, I, that's a great example. I, I going back to the Phantom Pain thing. We, the game does bit of both of what you're saying. Like you like the curveball, you like that, and then there's those moments where the game recognizes that you're playing a certain way, and it tries to like throw you off a little bit. Like, oh, all you're doing is getting headshots. Well, the next time you come here, every enemy's gonna have a helmet or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, and, it adapts. Yeah, and and I I like I like those little spikes like that. So like, there's there's things that I do see. I'm like, that's cool. And then there's some other stuff where I was like, I just wish it wasn't like that. But I get it. Absolutely, it's, it's cool. You and know? everybody, yeah, everybody feels like is able to feel about it. You know. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, no, that Star Fox shit. Fuck that game. But. <laughs> it's still better than Star Fox Zero. I'm sorry. It's true. <laughs> that, See, I didn't make the mistake of playing Zero, I guess. These are, these are disgusting opinions. Buying that game was a difficulty spike. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I think we've raged about this as much as we possibly can yep. without me starting to scream at my sleeping dog next to me. Um, Great game. Yeah, I, I did want to touch on how much do you guys know about what's going on with Blizzard right now? I know... I saw when I was in I was in like Italy or something when this was going on, but I saw that 
Blizzard canceled its Switch big, like, event that it had, like, just announced days prior to, like, meet and greet some of the voice actors for Overwatch. Yeah. That's all I saw. So... I don't know shit. So this is what's going down. Basically, there was um, a big Hearthstone event, and uh, the winner... uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he, he got in a lot of trouble because basically he wins, and there's two... Uh, people from Taiwan who work for Blizzard who are interviewing him at the end of this tournament. And he basically talks about, uh, says for lack the of... Hong uh, Kong. Yeah, he talks about Hong okay, Kong. He says, free Hong that. Kong. Yeah. I want to see a free Hong Kong. For, or I want to see revolution in yeah. our time, in our lifetime. And then they discussed it. And uh, Blizzard did not like that. So they gave him a, gave him a Hearthstone ban for, I think it was initially a year. And they mm-hmm. revoked his prize money fired the two people who were interviewing him and pub- like just publicly sided with China over this because obviously they fired Bl- the people interviewing him. They fired the people interviewing him. That's fucking amazing. Man. Um Yeah, take his money. Sided with sided with China very hard. And basically right. what Blizzard's excuse was was this is not a place that we allow political statements. Um we don't do this here. This isn't the place that we let this happen. What everyone really feels like happened is that Blizzard is so deep in in the in money from China because especially yeah. if you're games that rely heavily on microtransactions, like a lot of Blizzard stuff is heading in that direction. Um, China is a place where a lo- there's tons and tons and tons and tons of money to be made. Yeah. So um, they're getting all this heat, catching all this shit. They end up giving the guy's prize money back and lessening his suspension. And I think uh, they might have done the same thing with a. Uh, the two people that interviewed him. But they also came out and said that China had absolutely zero impact on either of their decisions. Which to me is like total a total fucking crock of shit, right? But the big thing that I thought was funny from all of this, like despite like obviously like the political situation itself is not funny. But uh, Nintendo has just kind of totally told them to fuck off. Because I don't know if y'all remember, but when they announced Overwatch in that the last Nintendo Direct, it was the first thing that happened. It was the one of the tentpole items of this Direct. It was supposed to be the big giant launch, and I don't think a lot of people even realize that Overwatch or the Overwatch has launched on the Switch this week. Like it came out the same day as The Witcher. Blizzard cancels their event at uh, Nintendo New York. Uh, Nintendo goes on Twitter and throws them under the bus, basically just straight saying, "Blizzard did this. Like Blizzard fucked up. We have nothing to do with this. Y'all ain't got oh, shit to God. say." Um, they haven't said a single fucking thing. They've been promoting all these indie games. They've been promoting the shit out of The Witcher. But Nintendo hasn't said anything at all about this big Overwatch launch. And I right. can't I can't remember the last time I feel like I saw a company shoot themselves this hard in the foot so many times recently. Because I feel like no one's really had anything good to say about Activision Blizzard in the last couple of years. But the biggest things that have happened for them in the press... In recent memory, the everything that happened with Diablo Immortal, the mobile Diablo game, and all the yep. shit they took for that, and now this, and it's like I know everyone, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's Blizzard! Like they'll always be the good guys. They've always been the good guys. It doesn't matter if they're an Activision yeah. company right now." But this shit is just like, how can you ex- do these things publicly and expect any other reaction? How can you be shocked that people feel this way? From literally so long thinking that you can do no wrong, and then you just start doing fucking serious wrong shit yeah god damn 
Um, that's... That's hilarious. I mean, it's kind of... I mean, this is very unrelated. Semi-related, but... With all of this, like, Hong Kong um, deal stuff... Because, obviously, like, the NBA is in an uproar as well about it. And mm -hmm. it's so wild because... The NBA has probably been, like... The... Most, like, allowing... Of its athletes and shit to speak on political uproar and political topics, and they've been the most. They've given their athletes as much freedom as they want. They're like, no, they they've like taken pride in saying like, yeah, they can speak out on like politics and stuff. You know, we're not gonna shame them for that. And LeBron was also under fire by a lot of like Fox News people and shit for so long, telling him to like to shut up and dribble and whatnot. So you would think that like he'd be a huge proponent in freedom of speech and ability to uh, express yourself on these things. But now that um, certain people in the NBA world are, like, speaking out against Hong Kong and now there's repercussions against that because of how much money the NBA and dealings has with China and stuff, LeBron as well, not only is the NBA uh, restricting people from speaking about it, but LeBron James is also saying, like, Oh, I think he said, like, we do have freedom of speech, but that can also come with a lot of negative stuff as well. Oh, yeah, I saw that statement that he, oh, my God, uh, his interview man. rate. It was just total, like, total nothing. It was just, like, it was the same as, like, the Ariana Grande thing where she's, like, uh, it's not my place to have an opinion on Palestine and Israel when she just <laughs> got paid by Israel to do this yeah. massive pro promotional vacation there. Hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, this is just, there's so much going on. And so much, so many like areas are affected by all this. It's crazy, like uh, this whole thing. So, yeah, uh, I thought that was just wild. But because uh, Switch, I mean, dude, Fortnite on Switch is fucking huge. So you would think like <laughs> Blizzard would just shut the fuck up and keep their head down for this because, but goddamn. So was yeah, that yeah. the reason they canceled their uh, little shindig? They they definitely didn't say. They just said it was canceled. But it sounded like they were expecting a lot of like mass in person protest at this event. Yeah. And they thought it was just going to look really, really bad. I mean, which 100% would have happened. Yeah. Well, good on them. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, to switch to something that's not nearly as uh, political or adult, it's time to talk fucking junk food, squad. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So uh, I'm sure everyone here burritos. or who is listening has had some amount of experience with some fucking game food and not not just like oh like i eat doritos while yeah. i fucking sit and, pl and play video games what i'm talking about i'm talking about game fuel i'm talking about the mario cereal i'm talking about any mario kart brand, mobile like mario kart absolutely not we're not talking about mario kart mobile <laughs> at all yeah we said you're about, talking about junk food my bad bro now mm -hmm. junk is right um but i remember we've talked about in the podcast before about how like bert like your halo three nights God. with game fuel and i i was joking with the dude at work the other day i was like i think there was a period in time that mountain dew literally controlled my social life yeah and he's like what do you mean i was like bro did you never play halo 3 have you never played any of the call of duties you don't ever remember like dra like going out with your friends and buying 36 mountain dews and by four hours later <laughs> you've <They're laughs> you have gone. absolutely destroyed all of them yeah if um if people care there's a uh there's a picture on my Instagram from when the Master Chief collection came out and this was this I mean you can imagine how goddamn upset I was when it came out cuz obviously it was a disaster and it didn't work online until like 
fucking two, I mean, six months later or something, they finally got the servers filled out. But there's a picture, it's November 11th, 2014, and there is literally like 50 bottles of Mountain Dew Game Fuel right there, because obviously, Game Fuel now is like this fucking bang energy drink or whatever, or whatever, but um, Game Fuel used to come out for every big game release. It, it was initially Halo 3, because Halo 3's marketing campaign was just like the most fucking thought out and crazy process in the world and they're the ones that started game fuel and then like call of duties i think world of warcraft did one for their big release uh for an expansion any big game release and game fuel was coming out dude like i i lose like i lose some weight every year just because when game fuel comes out i would gain 20 pounds <laughs> just from chugging it all fucking day that shit is like the fucking elixir of life for me and uh now i don't know if they're ever going to come back out with it because they have the game fuel actual like energy sodas or whatever the fuck they are right. yeah i haven't really tried them i'm not too interested but don't they still brand like mountain dew with like call of duty stuff yeah whenever there's yeah a big... i and know it's I mean, not game fuel anymore but... i don't even know if it's double xp they might have like enter the code on the fucking cap to win a beanie or something but if you if you come out with video game branded junk food and you don't have some kind of double xp or some crazy in-game incentive you're a fucking romney voter like <laughs> you were an actual fucking piece of I, I i remember when uncharted 2 came out and it was like uncharted 2 buy your pizza rolls it was like why what <laughs> wait did it have any did it <laughs> it didn't do shit that's why i was like uncharted 2's out don't get forget your, to drink your oval tea. It's like get the pizza rolls, and it's like, dude, I okay, saw, the pizza roll bag had like Nathan Drake on it, and that was it. I yeah. saw, I saw what I think might be the most fucked up gaming food product the other day. It was oh. Sonic the Hedgehog curry and rice. Holy, so this is that's, a micro- that's almost like that's almost on brand. With dude, Sonic. It was, honestly, <laughs> if it was like chili dog meat instead, but. So I, I didn't get to see what the actual packaging looked like, but when you cooked it, it's this micro, it's this like oval dish Google that you can that. microwave. <laughs> Google it real quick, because one Sonic side curry and rice. Yes, look look up Sonic curry and rice real quick. It's oh, disgusting. My God, it is very <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Dude, yeah. you want to Google that right All now? Right, I'm googling yeah. it. What the fuck is this? Dude, it's literally It's like blue beans. Holy shit. And then white beans. <laughs> and straight up anyone. Look at there's a picture from the a most famous food hedgehog, porn. Sonic the Hedgehog Curry. Like the packaging looks like the Pre-packaged Sonic like Master curry. System packaging, but dude, it's just like this blue <laughs> disgusting like curry, like food dye soup and this normal white rice and it's just like this one this one looks like the Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I mean, fuck, man. You gotta it Google looks this, dude. Like, dude this it is looks the most like an disgusting illness. shit. This is worse than green ketchup. This is fucking disgusting looking, dude. <laughs> I like. There's a bunch of pictures where they try to really make it look like his face How and everything. How does this but... exist? It comes out looking like the movie adaptation. <laughs> oh my god, dude, is that just dead? Like, are we not getting no, the Sonic uh, movie? No, new images leaked the other day of what the redesign's probably gonna look it's like because they're redesigning the whole character. Gotta yeah. go fast. It's still gonna be shit. They can make him look better. But the movie still looked like the Smurfs. Or it still seemed like it was going to be a Smurfs movie. This, so fuck this, article, this article is really funny. Gotta go fast. Official Sonic Curry gives you blue turds. <laughs> 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 I mean, look. Here's the thing about this. They went. They 
they went on that spectrum where it was like, we're going to do something so insane, it's going to sell out. <laughs> or they didn't even know that, that what, that's what they were leaning into, but it's going to work anyways. Dude, Sonic is such a fucking meme now. So, like, I have, okay, on my phone, right? Like, I'm building a house. Everybody knows that. So, um, I have, like, these floor plans that I have to, like, every time I'm telling somebody that I'm building a house, I have to show them these floor plans. And, like, where they are in my uh, images folder on my phone, <laughs> if, like, you go to the floor plans and I tell people to scroll over and they scroll the wrong way, it's the picture of, like, it's the promotional picture of Sonic, but he's all, like, he's all shaded out, and, like, he's, like, you can't see his face or anything, you just see his outline, and everybody, like, on 4chan and shit was bitching, because he had, like, muscles and calves and stuff, and it's, <laughs> um, he had all these human features, and in this one, somebody photoshopped just a giant dick and balls. I have that, fuck. I have that same <laughs> And then, like, if you scroll again... It's, you know how, like, the uh, image was his, like, legs or whatever over the uh, Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah. Well, then there's just a blue furry nutsack over it as well. <laughs> and those are the images I constantly revisit. And that's all I know about the fucking Sonic movie, dude. It's dude, the, it's oh so tragic because he was, like, terrifying. he's my favorite game character. And he's just been that utterly... That sucks, bro. Yeah, dude, bro, it does suck. I just love his shit, though, dude. I even bought the shitty, like, okay, you know if you go into, like, games first and they have, like, the fucking, like, you'll see, like, a Mario energy drink or, like, a weird Mega Man, like, it's just, like, lim like lemon power shot energy drink like you're supposed to be drinking the shit he shoots out of his arm, but then you're essentially just drinking motor fluid. I've even bought the shitty Sonic one because I'm like, you know what? I just love that little fucking blue piece of shit. See, people... Fun Sonic story. Um, back in like 1994, some goddamn shit when uh, Sonic Three came out, I there was a contest at Walmart here in Louisiana or somewhere where it was like you had there was a shirt, it was a Chips Ahoy contest, yeah, and uh, you had to like guess the amount of cookies on the shirt, and you won Sonic Three. So we won, but we already had Sonic Three, so they allowed us to exchange it for gargoyles. That was a good time. Okay. Oh, that's that sick. sick. Gargoyles was a solid fucking game. Um, that shit is a good game. Okay. That feeling when more people are buying Sonic Curry, whatever else, and not buying the new Team Sonic Racing game. <laughs> Dude, it sucks. <laughs> that game actually, I think, looks cool. The Sonic Racing games have been Okay, good. look. It's, it's just always funny timing with Sonic. Crash Team Racing comes out, and then Sonic's like, we got one too. It's like, bro, sit down. No one buying your Sonic game. <laughs> Yo, but I like the iPhone. They fucked up Crash Team Racing too. Yeah, the, here's the thing about Crash Team Racing is like, I love that game on PS One, and I've talked about that a lot in the past. But I didn't buy the new one because I was like, I don't want to play this again. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I think at this point, Mario Kart Eight is like, get, I get my fix when when it comes to like character car racing game. But I know the Sonic, uh, the S Sega's racing what was that called sonic and sega stars or whatever sonic and sega racing. all stars and then the next how many one they're, they're just gonna keep calling it a bunch of crazy shit it, it, um but this one was just sonic tag team. it couldn't have just it no couldn't have been called sega it couldn't have been called sega racing because no one was gonna buy it they had to put sonic on it and then certain people bought it but do you, have you played the new sonic uh team sonic racing game no not yet um i I think the game literally just came out like a, about two, three months ago. Maybe I'm 
far off, but the game's already like super cheap. So if you feel like picking that up in Sonic fashion, it's like ten dollars probably. Oh no, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I will try any Sonic game uh, at one point or, or another. Uh, probably tomorrow, I'm gonna go buy Sonic Boom for the Wii U for five dollars from a GameStop near me, uh, which is undeniably the most disgusting. How are you gonna shit on Star Fox Adventures? And then go buy Sonic Boom, bro. <laughs> bro, because I can... No! Here's the thing. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, little man. I gave I gave Star Fox Adventures an honest-to-God try. I really wanted it to be good. I think that game is such, like... Here's what I'll say. I bought, I bought Star Fox Adventures for $5, knowing it was probably going to be bad and realizing it was going to be bad. And it was bad. I'm going to buy this game for $5. Knowing it's going to be bad, I'm going to play it for 40 minutes one day and laugh at how bad it was, and then I'll move on with my life. I'm not expecting shit out of this. I do know plenty of people that bought both of those games day one, and they really were like riding on them being their game for the next like three months. And, and that's the, that, and I think those people are dead now. And that's the funny thing about uh, like Sonic is that it's created a different like cult fan like like. Um, Sonic, Sonic cult people, scary well, people. Well, here, like, like, check this out. Like, a lot of these like Sonic fans that are today, d- like, don't even fuck with the ones on Sega. It's like a new world. Oh yeah, it's a whole different. Breed it's of like people. there's a very clear line between uh, 2D Sonic people and 3D Sonic. Like, people. for instance, like we're like, oh yeah, one, two, three, Sonic and Knuckles, like Sonic Mania. That's fucking sick. And then there's the other ones that are like, you can't make your own Hedgehog in that game. Why would I buy that? It's like okay. Um, it just a whole. That's thing, I don't think fucking hedgehog. In one in, in the last mainline Sonic game, Sonic what Forces. The f- but that's the thing in the Sonic community, people call them their OCs, their original characters. That is like a hugely popular thing. Yeah, huge. There's there, there's, there, there's like there's like cons for Sonic, just like just him. There's a like crazy Bert. Right now, Google Bert the Hedgehog or Bert the Echidna, and I just see what comes before. up. It'll either be a hilarious item. Or a very, very, very disgusting item. Okay. Um, I actually find a real hedgehog here that has Bert written over the head of on top of it. <laughs> or Bert the Echidna. Um, Bert the Echidna. Images. It's literally just a bunch of real life Echidnas and Sesame Street. Are you fucking Bert. kidding me? Echidnas are real? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, they look fun. like a they look like a uh, hedgehog. That's Imagine fucked. I had that. no idea. Jesus. Fuck. Straight up, Hold I had on. no idea. If you search Bert the Echidna, the first image is actually... Uh, fuck, dude. This is wild. I gotta I gotta link y'all this or something, but... It's WWE Smackdown on, like, N64. <laughs> and it's a cage match tag team. And it's Sonic and Knuckles, but they look like, like Steve Austin... And oh then my Bert, God, I'm and then Bert and Ernie on the other team. <laughs> this is a this is a fucking we got to put the unholy image. Oh my God, it's a video, dude! It's a 12 minute video. Why aren't you guys happy? Because like, there's literally no hosty on the hedgehog. <laughs> oh my God, dude! You guys need to watch this video. <laughs> They're literally beating the shit out of each other one another in a cage match. <laughs> okay, I can't just sit here and watch this and, and cry for an hour. Uh, that that this is gonna be Tom's alone time in the dark. Oh my god! 
All right. This if you want to enjoy yourself, search Bert the Echidna and watch that fucking video. I think you have to click on images. Sonic, oh it's, it, here's here's the title on YouTube. Sonic and Knuckles versus Bert and Ernie. Smackdown, here comes the pain. <laughs> Only 1,200 right. views? That is bullshit. Yeah, I'm hitting it with a like. Rough. I have an upload on YouTube with more than 1,200 views. Well, we're getting this guy some subscribers yeah, tonight. Yeah, we gotta do that. 13 um, likes, dude, you need a lot more than that. He has more comments than likes. <laughs> I like how... I do solid style from Tom for wanting to bring this topic up just to talk about Sonic Curry. I actually, so I have a list of like, since we've derailed from branded food so much, I have a list of other like hilarious things. Um, but on my list, the only Sonic mention is bullshit Sonic energy drink. Can you believe you actually bought that dude? Nice. Yeah, Sonic Japan. It's like like energy drinks and drinks. It's fucking crazy. They have like League of Legends characters on all their drinks and stuff. Yeah, there is scary branded shit you can buy there. I've dude. seen like some. It's kind of I've sick. seen like that, like the Final Fantasy ramen cup, cup oh, yeah. noodles and shit. That was that was a, a little more out there. I feel like it's definitely fucking. It was. I don't know. That I hated. I kind of hated that because it was so in your face. Mm-hmm. The top ramen with Final Fantasy fifteen. Okay. But I'm also the guy that hated Final Fantasy 15. So okay, yeah, I, I, I've only seen it one time. I didn't know how they like went about it. It was it was pretty pretty uh pretty out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did want to bring up is, do you guys remember a game called Chex Quest? Chex I'm Quest. assuming this is like a rice Chex game. <laughs> okay, do you do you remember the Chex cereal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, there's a game called Chex oh, Quest. It's you- Doom. Yeah, oh it's a Doom God. mod okay, that you could li- you literally <laughs> got the disc in, in in the boxes bottom. of Chex cereal, and it's fucking awesome. You play as a giant Chex fighting snot monsters. <laughs> this does look really sick. It's this great. Does look very well done. This looks better than Pocket Bike Racer and Sneak King from Burger King. Oh yeah, those games. It's crazy that you can find those in every Goodwill on the entire planet now. <laughs> Like, to this day, every Goodwill has four copies of Sneak King that are all, like, a mix of kind of scratched to completely demolished. But anyone who's, like, who likes to emulate, like, old, like, MS-DOS or, like, Holy Windows 95 shit. stuff, you sh- if you like Doom, this is a, like, in a time I'll where Doom clones were the most popular things in the world, this game is fucking great. I definitely feel like you could get this in a browser. Like, oh, you right totally now. could somewhere, I'm sure. I'm sure there's somewhere that's emulating it in browsers now. Um... I wish I, I had the box that it came, and I wish I still did because the box was fucking hilarious. Because it just looked like it was covered in like someone who sneezed all over it. I do have an uh, original Halo Three Game Fuel box that I'm gonna get framed. That is legit, actually. Yeah, it's a <laughs> That's, twelve pack. I love that straight up. It's tight. Buddy gave it to me because he knew how much it meant to me. That's awesome. Um, what do you say we on? we hit the questions now? Who's got some questions? Okay, um, my buddy, uh, Instagram, Zach Wiesel, uh, Zach X Wise, uh, he asked, or he, he wanted to inquire, um, uh, regarding Death Stranding, and we hit on this a little bit in the other episode, but mm-hmm. a little more specific of a question, will this game be... Will Death Stranding be the game where the general video game public turns on Hideo Kojima? And he wants to preface that with adding if it's a bad game. 
So specifically, if it is a FedEx simulator, just bad game, and the deep story themes just don't hit, and it's a really corny shit and stuff. Like a genuinely bad game, not like a, I didn't have a good time with it, so it's as bad as Bubsy 3. Just general public thinks the game is boring and put together. Do you think people are going to really like lash out at Hideo Kojima or absolutely? Yeah, absolutely. I think like he's too much like niche. The, the game is this game is being sold on his name. You know what I mean? <clears throat> with some of the Metal Gear stuff, you can argue that like the things that sell Metal Gear are the franchise's history and then Hideo Kojima himself. And it's a very impressive game, like visually. Like you it could is, show it off. Is, like, Majority like, of any Metal Gear scene, you could show it off, and that would sell it. I mean, absolutely, but I just think... I you, don't think that's the case with Death Stranding. No, I think Death Stranding, we've all talked about, is being built on the marketing material and marketing the lore, and then Hideo Kojima's celebrity. It's not being... The hype for the game is not being built on the gameplay. Mm. It's still the thing that we know the least about. And I really do think it's going to be cool and interesting and maybe... Uh, I think I think it will 100% turn some people off, especially people that like played like Phantom Pain for free on PS4 and expect that. I mean, Metal Gear. Well, that's exactly what Alex said, wasn't it? He said that it it's going to be a game for specific people. Right. I mean, I think I yeah. think even in Metal Gear history, each Metal Gear game loses people and gains other people. Like a lot of people I know yeah. hate Metal Gear Solid Five because it's completely not what they know as a Metal Gear Solid experience. I believe Phantom Pain was the worst Metal Gear Solid title. And, yeah, and it's one of the funnest games I've ever played. I, I agree. But as far as Metal Gear Solid, I think it is the most poorly executed Metal Gear Solid. I, I I I was talking about this with my boss too. Like Metal Gear Solid Five does a lot of things better than every other Metal Gear Solid game, but it does the one thing that makes people know Metal Gear Solid 4 the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, technically speaking, the game is miles above a lot of the other titles. But when you're talk- when you when you go for that classic, you know, storytelling standpoint, it does it in the most like not fun way. Um, and and I and personally speaking for Death Stranding, I think a lot of the ideas of Metal Gear Solid 5 is going to be Death Stranding because Part of me feels like Metal Gear Solid Five was like a predecessor to what Death Stranding is going to be, and, there, and with that being said, there are going to be things I love, and there's going to be things I don't like because there's a lot of shit I don't like about Five, and I feel like some of those things yeah. are going to be carried over, and I'm just going to go, okay, well, that just that just was shit I don't like about the game, and and I can talk about Five for hours about like dude things that just made me upset and whatnot, but um, yeah, but Five had. Like, you can take five and, like, look at the fucking gameplay. Look at the action. It looks crazy. Like, take it all out of context and put it on a video. It looks fun. Take Death Stranding and put it in a video. That looks fucking boring. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm, what I'm like, sitting here and thinking about is that, like, I want to answer this question and be like, Hey, um, I... I don't see anything exciting about Death Stranding. I don't I don't see anything worth a shit yet. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like that kind of I was just thinking I was like, why haven't I thought about this before? In the E3 video or in the demonst- the reveal while I was on my honeymoon or whatever with the tomorrow's in your hands things, 
there was some clips of like the time travel and going back into World War One kind of deal, and there's all these like skulls and stuff. If he's literally just hiding the bread and butter so it's all exciting and fresh when people start playing it, that's gonna be fucking genius and yeah. executed perfectly. And if that's the case, I will praise the living shit out of it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not there, then like I think because as like as far as the general public, I think Hideo Kojima's fans. And like probably Sony fanboys will just keep making excuses, mm -hmm. like any fanboy would. I, um, I, I think that the general public, who doesn't really just the general motherfuckers who are just trying to play video games, if it's a game that doesn't deliver, I think they're just gonna shit all over it and make it a giant meme like they do everything else. I think the general public is some ruthless motherfuckers. I think, um, and well, they can make you a fucking clown shoe. I, I think what what is is so a little bit different about Death Stranding versus like Metal Gear 5 or, or 4 or whatever is this is like the first time where this is the first thing in existence related to this franchise in a, like 30 years for for because uh, we've all we've grown up with Metal Gear Metal Gear has existed before we even got into Metal Gear so it's like different uh, this time it's like it's the first thing so everyone's like and it's the first thing like where it's like Tom was saying this is a Hideo Kojima thing, eyes on you type shit, more than it's ever been. So, like, the pressure for this being what he's probably hoping we expect out of it is, like, way higher. And I don't, there's never going to be something, like, absolutely perfect. Like, there's going to be shit that pisses me off. For instance, a lot of people think Breath of the Wild is exciting. I still don't like that game. I'm, that game is boring as fuck to me. I still haven't fought. How much have you played with it? I'm like, I think I'm, last time I checked, I beat one of the Divine Beasts so far, and I've been doing a lot of other exploring shit. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I'm just, I was talking to Tom about this uh, the other day, but like, I am continuing to grind on that game. Like, because I want to feel like what everyone's telling me, like, is the part, or like, just like, dude, it's fucking awesome, it's this and that, and I'm like, I'm trying, dude, like, I'm trying and in how did you how did you play did you play the Elder Scrolls series? Yeah, I, dude, uh, Oblivion's my favorite one. That's wild. And I love and I love The Witcher. So you like open world and kind of free yeah, exploration. No, I, games. I love I love it and that's why I'm having that weird like trouble understanding why I can't get into this one because it's never yeah. been a problem for me. Like Oblivion's amazing. Yeah. I love The Witcher. I beat The Witcher too. I like the Fable yeah. series. I I um you know, I I enjoy Metal Solid Five, even though that was like a watered down open world game. Blah blah blah. Like I, yeah. I I I love shit. Red Dead Redemption, GTA, all that shit, and that's yeah. why I was pumped for Skyward, uh, not Skyward Sword, but uh, Breath of the Wild, because I was like, oh, this is all the shit I love already in a Zelda game, and I and I've this is the longest Zelda game I've ever played where I still haven't gotten into it. Wind Waker was pretty much on point as far as like getting into the game. I feel like I and. I mean, obviously, like, you're totally... Obviously, it's different for everybody, and there's plenty of people who are going to hate Breath of the Wild. You know, it's not going to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. But um, I do feel like you have an insane amount of stuff going on since you started it. I, I And I there's so that. many other games you're being pulled in the direction of. You're moving, you're constantly moving, you're going on tour, all this stuff. Um, and, I, I mean, it does... I do feel like, you know... 
I don't feel like it's the game you can pick up and play for 10, 20 minutes. I agree with I agree with, but I feel like for some people it is that game. I know plenty yeah, of people that yeah. treat it that way because of like how many shrines there are. No, and and and, and like I was saying, yeah. like you know, Bert, going back, you were like, oh, when I see Death Stranding, I think it's boring. It's funny because like everything I've watched and I've watched the videos like several times, the translations and all that. I am interested. I like this, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I like love Kojima. Everyone knows I love Metal Gear, so people are always asking me about Death Stranding. I tell them the truth. I'm like this. This if if it's anything like Metal Gear Solid Five, there's going to be a lot of annoyances for me. But then there's going to be things I like, just like just like Five was. Um, and and yeah, so like playing a game like let's uh, get let's 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 diagnose that real quick though. So what I meant by that is, mm-hmm. you, Metal Gear Solid Five, you're assaulting a town. You're you know you can go stealth, you go this blah blah blah. That interests me. Mm-hmm. Like, take Snake out of it, take everything, make it a blocky fucking character, make it a town on a hillside, right. and make bad guys in it. That interests me. Right, right, right. Now, Death Stranding, you have Norman Reedus. He has a bunch of fucking ladders and boxes on his back, peeing on a mushroom and running across an empty wasteland. What uh, what about that interests you? Well, I was talking about like the scenes where he's sneaking into the camp, just like in Five, and there's those guys um, in there. He's doing stealth shit, just like in Five, and oh, I haven't even seen any of okay, that. Okay, yeah, I'm talking about that. Like there's there are there is because a- I feel like what's been shown off and what's been put in everybody's face is peeing on a fucking mushroom uh, and then running around and like everybody oh man you got to bring extra boots um it's an okay yeah, the yeah. sims is the most annoying fucking game i've ever played mm. <laughs> i don't think there's anything fun about bringing uh, having to bring extra boots and putting that in your inventory just goddamn it's oregon fucking trail you know i'm gonna die of dysentery before crossing the fucking river i mean it just depends because then on the other flip side like playing and i know what leads into this but in breath of the wild it's like people are like i don't want to carry 23 sticks because one's gonna break blah 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 blah. and like i that was awful i hate i hate i hate that shit dude and that's and like i was saying there's gonna be things that annoy me about death stranding that's that type of shit in breath of the wild annoyed me so it will annoy me in death stranding i don't know exactly how they're going to implement it but i'm assuming it's going to be the same shit and and i the difference between breath of the wild is as I played the game, I started to realize why they did that because they don't want you to play the same way every time. You got to have to be in that predicament. They want that variety. They want you. And to this goes back. This goes back to the difficulty spikes topic we talked about already. So I don't know how Death Stranding will implement it the same way. I'm assuming it's going to be like 23 sticks, blah blah blah, and I'm hoping it does the Breath of the Wild thing. After a while, I start to realize. Ah, I see. Uh, there's this. He's got in the gameplay video that I saw. He was running from those yellow dudes, and because he previously the one that gave him a whack on his back, he he previously found those uh, the uh, the mechanical le- uh, leggings, and because of that, he was able to jump like uh, a farther distance across this like a uh, mountain gap, and the other guy they couldn't catch him anymore because he had those equipped. Uh, he found them earlier, and, and if you didn't have those, he would have obviously died or would not have been able to do that. So like. That obviously is shit I like. That's some Breath of the Wild type little things, you know. Um, so yeah, he found the pants that make you jump mountains. They're like there's they're like these like like robot like like leggings that you attach. They like 
boost you out or something. So their pants? I'm, I'm, not, not, I, I'm not sold. I, I can't. I'm not, I can't. I get. I get it. It. It's. It's intriguing, but like what I'm. What I. What I originally meant was like the advertisement they have put out there for the game. Mm-hmm. The main like attraction is what I was talking about that I've seen. Like there, yeah, there might be a forty-minute game demo. They're talking about like like, like in the radar. trailers and shit. The trailers and even the game demos. Like it's literally him falling down a fucking hill. Mm-hmm. But I get it. Like there's things that interest you and stuff. And um, yeah, there's there, like I said, there's definitely things. There are absolutely things that interested me in some of the trailers in Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they're... And, I mean, we talked about this before. Like, how much should they expose to people and how much should they keep secret? So they might just be doing us all a favor and keeping the really good stuff for the release. And that I, I will praise the fucking ground they walk on if that's what and they're I've doing. I've seen movies do the same thing, like Hereditary. People were like, what the fuck, when they saw it. In the trailers, they were like, this is, looks so boring and stupid. And then when they saw it in real life, they were like, Jesus, like... This movie took a turn. I had no idea, and and you know you can argue that it's different or whatever. But like, I've seen that formula work before. So um. no, I mean Halo One. You know they didn't expose the flood or anything like that. Yeah, it's, that's how it should be. That's how I want it to be. It um, I I I just the what they've shown off is so lackluster and so boring. That I don't know if those twists could save it. That's what I'm worried about. That's my biggest fear is, okay, you're, you're whatever you want to call it, FedEx Simulator, your fucking ladder packing game. Your, your is, robot is leg. It gonna be, is it going to be enough meat to be carried by, you know, these fucking twists mm-hmm. and these cool scenes where you go back in time and right. shit? And, and that, I, I, like, just... Go ahead. No, I'm answering, going back. Just to be... <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Go- I'm muting. <laughs> Yeah, going back to um, the question that that he asked you, like, I I do I'm agreeing I'm in agreement with Tom uh, as far as like this is like Hideo Kojima like eyes on him type shit. This is like the game is a lot of the game's hype is is banked on like him as a him leaving Konami type shit and like and, yeah, and they're saying what you got and, and um and you know it's it's. It's just a lot. I'm sure for him, it's like mad scary because it's like, oh, it's this is like every if I fuck up, this is like, oh, he can make another game and then someone's gonna be like, oh, but that Death Stranding shit, man, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and and it's crazier now because like his hype is so much bigger now. Like people got in, people found out about him because of the Silent Hill like debacle. Like it, it and they're more interested in. And we talked about that previously too. Um, He's just got this whole other crowd of people now, so like, it's just it's crazier now than it has ever been. I feel like as far as like people waiting to see if he's gonna fuck up or not. What else we got? All right, uh, so pull my questions up here. Okay, so this one is from X Fatalism X. He says. Do you think cloud gaming like Nvidia Shield, Apple Gaming, etc., will get picked up by anyone, or is it just another gimmick that will be done better by the main console competitors? Oh yeah, because they are all gonna shoot start cloud gaming into the it. sun. <laughs> I mean, you look Fuck at you, does you, that include uh, does that include Stadia? Yeah, etc. Et okay, so definitely. Okay. Yeah, just 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 the state. 
I'm not the person to ask this. I don't. I'm the dude that like I have a pretty big collection of physical games. Um, okay, so this is kind of a side tangent, but there's there's this YouTube channel called Comics Explained, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this dude where he just basically a new a new book comes out. He makes a nice edited video where he explains everything that happened in the book. He's also the dude where like a new comic book movie comes out and people are like, "Who the fuck are the Eternals?" You watch two of his videos, you know everything. You would need to know about the Eternals to watch this next MCU movie. Big, super big channel. The dude's kind that runs it, super knowledgeable about com- comics. I think he's kind of out of touch because today he said something. He was like, "With the advent of smartphones and tablets." Why do people put so much? Uh, why do people put so much stock in trying to keep comic book stores alive? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why should we have these things? And to me, it's just like, cause having the thing is part of the fun, motherfucker. What is wrong with you? Like, part of the experience that I like so much from comic books is going to the store and seeing these people and talking about shit and then holding this thing in my hand and read in like reading it in my hands and everything and for game with me for games it's a very similar thing like if I download a game you know I'm still playing it I'm still it's still attached somewhat to a physical item because I have this fuck it's on my fucking system I have to put the fucking controller in my hand but I want that shit there and also, every one of these services, one of these cloud services, a day will come when those servers go away, and you won't have those games anymore. You're not buying like Stadia. You're gonna pay full price to own to like buy these games, but you're not buying the game. You're buying a license. It's the same way how people were really upset about when people like iTunes and other companies were doing MP3s that you could buy, but they had DRM on them. So you would only be able to play them on certain devices at certain times. Otherwise, they would lock you out of the account. Do you, um, and, um, do you have Spotify? Uh, now I have Apple Music. But this is going back a pretty long time. Yeah. Well, what kind of like similar, because um, I used to have when the Zune was around. Rest in peace, Zune. It was much Jesus Christ, dude. Anyway. Come um, on. What? The Zune was superior to the iPod in every no, the Zune, way the Zune, No, the anyway. Zune had just the Zune had one major flaw: the scrolling doesn't speed up. You got four hundred yeah. artists. You have to start at A. You want to no, get down to but, Z? No, 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 no. You could click in the be- between at the beginning of every letter. At the beginning of every new letter, you could click on the letter at the top, and it would take you to the alphabet, and you could zoom through there. Not, not efficient. But better than scrolling through 400 artists. But make it efficient. Hey, but the, the thing about Just it was there it was efficient. a lot more things that were efficient than the iPod. I would be doing some crazy shit with putting a playlist together with it. And motherfuckers be like, you can do that. My iPod can't do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what I'm getting at is that the, when the Zune had its basically Spotify, um, it was like Zune music or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, a lot of my friends, like, or around Louisiana, they all just downloaded everything off Mediafire and had, like, 500 files. Great. But the Zune was, yeah, it had, it was DRM. You paid 10 bucks a month. You got to listen to unlimited streaming and all that shit. But obviously, when it went away, you just paid 10 bucks a month for nothing. But it did allow you to download 10 songs of your choosing a month. So basically, that $10 was, like, going to an album, and it was yours to keep after you downloaded it. It was DRM-free. You're, you, you owned that music. That's and interesting. And Spotify and all that shit, it'll let you download it, but after that month, it will you won't keep it. 
So, um, cause I was going to say like Spotify is the same thing. You're paying for the music, but at some point that license is going to end and you don't own shit. Well, I but didn't that's the know. Thing is, I think some shit like Stadia is even worse though. It is because no, if you're serious and like, it's going to be full price for the game and it's not going to be discounted. Holy shit. It Try- is. Like, it is going, it's full. It's, you're still spending $60 that's sh- insane. for these games. So, and you're not getting anything. And like, yeah. to me, it's. Like, I already beef enough with digital, like, with, like, digital-only games. Like, there are plenty that I own. But knowing that one day I won't have them. Like, even there's iPhone games I fucking miss playing that just, they never got updated to the most recent OSs. So, I can't ever play these games again, you know? I beef with that shit. And to me, it's like, I I will fight against that tooth and nail until eventually consoles just stop having a means of taking physical media into them. And at that point, that's when I'm pirating everything. The so, same way that I emulate shit on like a PSP now. To actually answer his question, because none of that was applicable to his question. I was getting it was, there. It was good. I was getting Back there. to the Zoom, okay, everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Zoom. I do believe, like similar to when the Xbox came out in 2001, I do firmly believe that... When I when the Xbox came out, I didn't think it was going to be shit. I thought it was just going to be a fucking nonsense because it was a new competitor, a new challenger has arrived, you know? It was a new company coming into the market that was already dominated by a bunch of giants. So now here's these companies trying to step in and be competitors. I do believe that Microsoft, Sony, and probably Nintendo will start adopting certain uh, changes that compete with these uh, markets. What's wild about that is when the Xbox came into play, Sega was on its way out the door with the Dreamcast being a failure. So, it's possible that the Xbox could start pivoting and doing something else after Scarlet if that, if like people are just so done with Xbox and so stuck on like PlayStation and PC that like the Xbox takes its leave and one of these companies is actually becomes like a pretty big competitor in the video game scene, whether it's cloud gaming or not. I really hope that doesn't take off, but there are going to be huge changes in, like, physical and cloud there's media. Ar- yeah, just- there's already adaptations, like, taking place. Like, I mean, if you look at, like, this isn't cloud gaming or anything, but, like, when when VR came out, like, PlayStation got their own, you know? Like, and they're, like no matter what, like, if, if it's something you don't like or something like that, like, those, these, company, it's these companies are thinking about it, and they're... They are still taking notes on the things that people, even if it's nothing that's like causing a spark yet, like that's something they're still considering. They're looking at this stuff. No, just just to be a hundred percent frank, like um, the cloud gaming thing, uh, like it or not, it's gonna happen. Uh, It will eventually, probably at the generation after the PS Five generation is coming up, it will be the standard. Um, That's that's why. I think so many. It's it's why Microsoft already put out uh, a a version of the Xbox One that doesn't take any physical media at all. Um, yeah, it's gonna. It's it's why like Google Stadia just happens to be the first test run, and they're the ones that can do it and have it not be a giant risk. Sony can't can't be the first person to test a piece of gaming technology like that because so much of Sony's income. Rides I mean, Microsoft like, tries Microsoft to test can, something out that happened, and look what look what happened. Like, like they tried. They tried yeah, to but Microsoft can afford to take the risk. They don't give right. a shit. 
Like window, uh, Windows will fund that forever. They tried taking the risk with the DRM and that shot there. Oh yeah, generation but but that's the again, foot. they can ta- they can try and bounce mm-hmm. back because it doesn't like the gaming division of Microsoft doesn't matter as much yeah. to the overall brand as the gaming division of Sony does. Right. Because um, all of Sony shit sucks pretty much. Yeah, I think you're gonna see it uh, two generations from now. It's gonna be the standard, and I and I will be upset about it, but. That's it's gonna happen. Understand, uh, we'll be like almost fifty by then. Yeah. Some of us might die from heart disease. I'm not saying it's gonna be me, but I'm the only one that's overweight. <laughs> Listen, have you seen my fat gut? Okay, so <laughs> and the boobs that I have. <laughs> There's some things that have been tried. Like this probably isn't the best example, but like everyone was like, "Oh, 3D TVs and gaming," and like people were like, "Ah, fuck God. that shit!" Like and and that crashed. So like, is it possible that this could be? another situation that like it's tried and the whole crowd just like goes nah like like get that out of our faces uh, i think it's too it's, goddamn it's po- efficient i i i, I, I agree with that that's the thing is it, every yeah. uh, but every other kind of media has has started drifting towards just like music music was the first one to have it happen uh where everything is streaming now movies and televised media um within the next 10 years you could see cable almost completely eliminated. I mean, every cable, like every cable break. channel has their own streaming service now. Yeah, so streaming is going like is going that way. Books are like resistant towards it, but it will happen eventually. Um, even if it's for environmental reasons, every version, every kind of media is, is heading in that direction. Uh, the technology will dictate the market. It will happen. AK, it's I, undeniable. I, I, eventually. Oh, I mean, I hate to interrupt, but another fucking bullshit is like the Overwatch like physical edition doesn't even come with the game. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like it's so. God, I, I, that dude, I fucking laughed my so ass. So I see, I see what. Yeah, I, yeah that I, shit's crazy. I, I'm only interrupting because I'm agreeing with you on that. Like, it sucks. I hate that shit. But it's yeah. like, dude, like, yeah, they, you're already seeing it with These, like some like sh- like shit like that's coming out now. It's yeah. like, bro, I'm I'm buying the physical, opening it, no card, and then I'm paying full price when Overwatch and the PS4 and Xbox is twelve dollars. These. Two hundred and fifty dollar collectors editions that don't even come with the game. Oh Get my fucked, god! Man. Who who did that? Was that was that a uh, uh, was that like uh, Battlefield One or some shit? Uh, let's see, collectors. I think it, I edition. think it was no Battlefield uh, the World War One one or whatever it was. Uh, Red. Dead. It came with like the horse. It, it came Red with Dead? the horse, and it didn't come with Battlefield the game. One Collector's Edition. Does not include that was game. It. You are that right. Was it. <laughs> yeah, that shit. I laughed because I was like, "Well, I'm not buying this shit anyways." But damn, that is an L right there. You open it, you go, "What is a game?" Uh, you got yeah, the horse. What do you mean? Put the horse in the system. So I, it, it is something I agree with. Like, you got the horse. So like. Uh, it, it's it's not nah. for me. It's not something that I'm like intrigued by. Like I I like the games pass feature on Xbox. If things are like in that direction, I'm um, you know, I'll be into that because like I'm enjoying the fuck out of a game that I didn't pay full price for, but I have a subscription where I can still play a bunch of other things too, um, and and you know I'm into that. So I guess some part of me is like cool about it. No, I think if. If Stadia was a subscription service, people would feel a lot differently about it. It's because there's the service can be free as long as you're not trying to stream in 4K, but because you're having to pay retail prices for the games, that's why people have so much pushback to it. If it was a subscription, if it was a 15 or even $20 a month service, people would feel a lot differently about it. 
and this conversation would probably be a little different but every other form of entertainment has drifted in that direction it's gonna happen cool red dead 2 also collector's edition did not have wow. the game that's why i sold that game because fuck it <laughs> all right what's our okay, last question uh, this one is more. the last question for the for the episode and i wanted to end it with this one because i think this was a fun one that'll kind of catch everyone off guard um so this one's by fake goth and his question is nice what are some of your favorite boss battles from the Soulsborne series? Now, I'm going to, you know, because, Tom, you haven't really played those that much. I think it would just be cool to, like, describe our favorite boss battles in gaming, period. Um, and, and everyone's kind of on the spot with it now. So, like, you know, ten seconds, and then we'll start, we'll start talking. Oh, god damn it. Okay. Okay. One second. I got, I got an idea. Wait, what are you doing? Oh no, th- I'm d- I'm just writing some something down so I don't. Okay. All about. right, three, two, one, Bert, go. Fuck. Is it? Does this need to be fast? No, no. Just tell me what what what's your favorite boss battles and why. Uh, let's see. Um. Okay, so I guess I'll name three. I I've only played two twice. Uh, three. Let me think. Three had some really badass bosses. Hold on. Are we we're both going to talk about Metal Gear. goddammit. it. <laughs> What's Are we that? both just gonna talk about Metal Gear Solid again? Why is because that? Because those I I those are I my words f- on soul <laughs> shit. Okay. Wait, was the question not boss battles? In well, they, 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 it they can be that. They but are, we're, we're going broader. We're going than broader because Tom oh, hasn't played the series. Before. Fuck. Okay. God. Oh my God, dude. I need another ten seconds. All right, Tom, you go. Somebody else. <laughs> okay, so uh, I I got one here. It would be um, I can't remember what they called it. You haven't played Sonic um, Boom yet, so this is a still not an updated answer. But go ahead. That's fair enough. Um, Horizon in Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, the big fucking T Rex. Um, I think uh, you love dinosaurs. Oh yeah, I I love fucking just big bullshit dinosaurs. You love, you love things that, it's called the Thunderjaw in that right, game. Right. Um, I think the reason. But the reason it's so cool is kind of what we talked about earlier today, where it's it's not necessarily the hardest creature to take down in that game, but it is the one where you have to use the most of, like, you have to use everything in your toolkit to make it work. Like, there are certain uh, robots in that game where you basically only have to use stealth and you can sneak up on it and kind of do a one-hit kill, or there are certain ones where you can uh, just really just from a distance just slowly hit it with lots of arrows and just kind of like tank it to death and there are other ones where you need to knock pieces off of it and use the robot's weapons against it after you break these guns off and everything with the thunder jaw the t-rex you have to you have to do all of that um it's not like you have to tie it down you have to be stealthy to sneak up on it. You have to tie it down. You have to break off its Gatling guns and use its guns. Like, none of that stuff is optional. You have to do it. Otherwise, I think it's going to kill you. And also, there's, like, three or four different ones. There's, like, a really easy one that you can kill in a story mission that kind of leads to it. But then there's also ones that just roam the wild that are, like, those big, like, spikes that you just walk around a corner you didn't know was going to be there. And suddenly, you don't have an option. You have to fight this thing because it's going to chase you across the entirety of the map. Um and that was something that just stressed me out so much the whole time I was playing this game when I would see it in the distance. By the time I was a- finally able to actually fight one and confidently figure out how to take it down, uh, it was like, it felt like euphoric to finish that off. 
Um, so I, I think I've seen oh, a, that's one a video of of that segment, and I thought it looked cool. A lot of the just enemies in general in that game are really cool and creative. Yeah, I think th- that game is really well designed around like one or two core ideas. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it's, Bert, it's you got kind one? of like mounting and disassembling and shit. Yeah, I mean it's kind of it's basically it's it's Monster Hunter but with robots. Right. Um, but you can do it solo without any real problems. Cool. Um, so outside of the Soul series, um, I the one that definitely comes to mind without much thought was uh, the Phalanx from Shadow of the Colossus. Dude, god damn you, dude! <laughs> what? <laughs> I, my my answer was a Shadow of the Colossus boss. That's fine. No, no, no. Was it the Phalanx? Nah, it was. Uh, I'll tell you. There yeah. you go. We can we can be different. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just so fucking cool. Cause obviously, like games back then didn't have this. Like it wasn't games weren't as grand as they are now. You didn't have the draw distance. You didn't have the textures and all the loading and stuff. You know, dragons were still cool and stuff like this. So here's this flying fucking sand monster who's, like, going all over the place and shit, and you have to fucking, like, keep up with him, almost like jumping on the fucking train and boarding a train or Mm -hmm. some shit. You have to keep up with him and land on, like, his wings and shit. And obviously, everything from Shadow of the Colossus was just, like, tiny little person climbing on these fucking insane beasts. And uh, it was just an exhilarating fucking fight that wasn't really um, around back then. Like, you didn't get a lot of that crazy, exhilarating shit. Like, that's what... People that play Shadow of the Colossus 10 years from now will not understand how insane it was for its time. Well, a lot of games now are like like kind of bite from from that that pot right there. 100%. Like like for instance, I Absolutely. I would say that Horizon is more like that than it is Monster Hunter. Uh yeah, uh, because it's it's it feels more like this is that epic moment and you got to do several different things just to get the boss down. Um uh-huh. and and De- definitely agree. That's that's cool that you've got a Shadows of Colossus one because that's definitely on mine. Um, Hell yeah! Do you want to mention another or you want to move on? Um, I'd say my favorite um boss in the Soul series since that was the I believe that was the mm-hmm. question. Probably Vicar Amelia. Um, just it wasn't a hard fight. But the design, that was one of the fucking prettiest bosses I've ever fucking seen in my life. Right. Like, what an insane design and everything. Um, obviously, like, it really, like, showed, like, the fucking power of the uh, PS4 and stuff off. Because you've got all these crazy textures just flowing, like, on its own. And um, otherwise not really possible and shit. So that one... I don't know if that's my favorite from Dark Souls. I'd have to, like, lay them all out and look. But visually, that was, like, one of the funnest fights. Just because, I mean, you're just in awe of this thing in right, front of you. Right. Um, mine are, is, um, is another Shadow of the Colossus one. Mine's actually Avion, which is the other flying one. Uh, the fifth Colossus, who is the bird. Um, I think when I first played that game... Um, when I encountered that boss, I was like blown away because it's the first flying boss and you're, you like, you've done a bunch of like, you know, platforming type bosses and then you get to this boss and it's like, oh, this one's in the air. You have to like bring it down to swoop down to you. You have to get on its wings. You have to pin it 
and, it, and it, it's so cool when when I was like 13 or whatever like flying through the fucking stage and he's like going all over the place he's just holding on to his wings and it was so exhilarating and it was so fun and like mm-hmm. taking it down it just felt like fucking awesome and it, it, I almost felt bad in a way just because I, I liked him so much I was like this is such a fucking sick boss uh, that is definitely probably they're both very yeah similar. they're both very yeah. similar um, and both I think those are maybe two of the most standout ones in that game uh, was that the one that would like take you under no that's that was the other iconic one that was almost like really terrifying because it was that like fo- I was it was that it was that Fuck that was a up, very claustrophobic battle for me because it was like I, uh, it's like that fear of drowning type shit. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of got to you in real life. This one was just the one that he was. It was the bird. Uh, gotcha. Um, and yeah, he was just really really fun. So yeah, that's that's uh, top for me as far as souls go. Uh, I think he's not like the hardest boss or he's not like anything too crazy. I just like the presentation of his fight and the way he looks. I like Grave Lord Nito uh, in the in the first Souls game. Yeah. He was really cool. I like what he did. He was really fucking annoying, he, dude. With all the yeah, pinwheels, yeah. the Golly. pinwheels were annoying, and the move where he like his weapon comes from under under the floor to like poke you. That shit was super oh. annoying. But I loved everything about it, and you know, like getting to the depths of the depths, like just to just to yeah. finally fight him, felt like you had been like doing this tr- whole entire like dive, and it just felt like holy shit like there's actually something down here damn like like feeling so as far as souls go that's that's probably my favorite in the first souls game but um tom if you want to mention another one since we already just we just mentioned two like definitely i feel like our third hoseon would be the same um i think for me one last one oh uh bowser and super mario odyssey the actual fight itself uh doesn't matter that's not the interesting part it's when you, like, the whole thing in Mario Odyssey is obviously throwing the cap and, like, turning into all these different, uh, like, creatures and enemies and everything, and it's, like, turning into Bowser, and then just having to rampage through this level to escape this, like, exploding planet. I just think it's, like, really funny and stupid, and it's, like, for, like, just, like, Mario fanboy shit, uh, it was, like, a really fun and cool surprise to me that I didn't know about, so... Was I'll that on, like, one. the dark side of the moon or whatever? No, this is just the end of the story. Okay, then I played that and I don't remember it. Very that's sad. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really it for me. Uh, there's there's something I'm trying to remember from Metroid Fusion that I really like, but, uh, oh, pretty much also, like, you eventually fight it, but the uh, X-Parasite in Metroid Fusion, like, it's chasing you the entire game, and that's the first game I really remember scaring me as a kid. Um... The whole thing is designed to make it feel like it's this unbeatable force that you just have no hope. All you can do is run. You just have to escape, escape, escape. And it it finds you at the most inopportune times throughout the game. Um, so when you finally get to go back and like beat the parasite and get all your old powers back, it feels fucking mm-hmm. sick. So, yeah. X-Parasite, Metroid Fusion. That's all I got. Cool. Um, you want to go, Burr? You want me to go ahead? Um, are are you gonna say Liquid Ocelot in four? No, because as cool and epic as that was, it was a fucking annoying combination of button presses <laughs> for me. I I I I'm, I'd be comfortable with that because of the presentation, like the different theme songs I, I was, throughout I, I was, the different games. I was games. close to saying it. But I, I was doing. Uh, it yeah, was amazing. That, 
that is um, that is an epic moment where you're like it's finally over type shit yeah i definitely yeah. feel you on that very solid um, that's a great that's a great fight mine was actually going to be the fear in uh metal Gear solid uh uh, three, where, three where he's just yeah. like on the trees and you, there's so many ways to like beat him and there's always like handful of ways to beat like every boss and all the metal gears yada yada but i liked his the most because like you can just beat him by like just fortunately having rotten food in your inventory yeah. or luring him out and like giving him rotten like fish or mushrooms or whatever and like eventually just you don't have to do anything and he just kind of kills him there's a lot of bosses like like that in, uh, in that game or and that one stood out to me the most. The one where you reset the clock on the uh, PS4, just walk oh, away, the, and the sniper dies of the whole end. Yeah, you can even kill him so early on in a cutscene. Um, so which one is the one, then, that you walk through the, the That's the sorrow. The sorrow, yeah. okay. So and you take the, the, you take the, the fake end. death pill and, uh, and whatever. Yeah. But um, the fury... Honestly, phenomenal... Fucking oh yeah, fights the uh, the end was the uh, sorry the fear was sick because I think he was the first boss where I actually ex- figured out that I could experiment so it kind of stuck with me throughout the years like oh yeah. I can do this I can fuck him fuck him around like this or whatever but um, yeah that game is just pure pure boss fight fodder of awesome, like just cool shit to do mm-hmm. so yeah that, that that's my that's my uh, my third one there tight. And I think that's uh, it for these. We did we want to do three questions, and maybe in the next episode we'll do some more. So I, I had fun answering those. Yeah, I think we'll start doing some every podcast. So if people want to uh, send some yeah, shit in on the uh, the espionage Instagram, there's a little highlight on the story where you can uh, throw some around. Yeah. And we're going to start mixing this shit up. Um, we're going to hopefully start having uh, some guests on the show in the next couple times. And then... Obviously, if we were able to uh, do this live on some way on Twitch and get, like, while answering questions, but also um, having people's input into them as well, like, while we're answering questions and just seeing what y'all have to input in. Cool. Yeah. And There's, uh, We're going to start making uh, some changes. And what do you guys, you know, for those listening, what do you want to... What would make this podcast more enjoyable, like for you, if you have any feedback like that? Like we've talked about, like doing a maybe some micro transactions, yeah, maybe some better. We're hosts. all playing. We're all playing Mario Kart <laughs> world, uh, phone right now, so maybe some sound effects, some bells and whistles. Yo, I actually tried to get a soundboard working today. I have a soundboard. I don't know if any of these are gonna work, but we talked about like don't the idea me. of you know video having video playing while this podcast is going so like if we can upload these on youtube too so if like some of you like to actually watch while listening there's that option too like and i there are some podcasts where i like to do that too so um just let us know because you know there's always things to improve on so and we appreciate you listening yeah but well this one was uh, excruciatingly long so Thanks for everyone that stuck it out through the whole thing, made it through. We love you. We thought you. it was going to be the shortest one. We, uh, we're, yeah, we are I'm, full I'm, of I'm, shit always. I'm done thinking that. I, 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 I budget two and a half well, hours. Well, I threw up. If that's this. edited in or out, just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sick. Um, but, yeah, thanks for checking it out. Uh, this was really fun. Had a good time. Love doing the podcast. Love my squad. 
Goodbye. Bye.